For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we'll be talking about some NFL football as the San Francisco 49ers have a matchup over the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Betting Barrier Podcast here for Week 15 of the NFL season. Before we end up going on break, we previewed what we're going to do this week's show. Once again, talking about some football with the Niners and their upcoming matchup against the Falcons. But before we do that, we've got to quickly recap how we did in Week 14. And we ended up splitting. And the truth is, it was a pretty annoying split because we were cruising for pretty much the entire game. We had the Niners, minus the points, and we also had the under. And the Niners led by 14 points going into the fourth quarter. Then they choked away the lead as the Bengals scored 14 unanswered and ended up dodging a potential game-winning field goal by Robbie Gould in regulation, which would have won us both, but the Niners ended up winning in overtime. Unfortunately, you had nine points in the extra session, which resulted in the game going over. We won the Niners, but we lost the total. Really a brutal beat. If Gould makes that field goal or if they don't blow a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, we sweep, but it is what it is. And to go through the actual game itself, the Niners played really well. Then you thought the team was going to unravel, and they kind of did. And then the Niners ended up having that very nice overtime drive, which culminated in that very impressive play on the sideline by Brandon Ayuk. But Garoppolo was solid. 296 passing yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked five times. So that was a bit of a concern, and he did have a QBR of 39.4, which is not exactly ideal because of the fact that he took a decent amount of sacks and he also ended up fumbling the ball. It wasn't a lost fumble, but it was definitely not exactly a great situation when your quarterback puts the ball on the turf at any point. So keep that in mind moving forward. But without Mitchell, you could tell the Niners' rushing attack was really underwhelming. Jeff Wilson Jr. struggled again in a spot start, 56 yards, 4.3 yards per carry, but really not that impressive of a showing. Debo Samuel was back. He did a good job on the ground again as he had 37 yards and a touchdown. And you're looking at the receiving core. It was the George Kittle game. Now, we talked about Debo Samuel being good in the ground game. He only had one reception for 22 yards in the passing game. So somebody else needed to step up, and that was George Kittle once again. After the Seattle game, he just comp- he continues his rampage. 13 receptions for 151 yards and one touchdown. He was unbelievable. Ayuk had 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh, ended up winning the game, so he was solid as well. That was pretty much the story of the receiving core. Uh, Besides those two, going through the actual defense here, 
Uh, yeah, pretty solid showing by the pass rush, of course. Five sacks. You had two by Nick Bosa, who's looked really good the last couple of weeks. Uh, Quan Williams had one. Al Share ended up having one. Al Shair, sorry. Uh, besides that, uh, you had a split between Key and Abukum. So pretty solid showing by the defense. And they also were able to generate some turnovers because they ended up forcing two fumbles. And that was definitely a huge part of the Niners being able to actually open up a lead in that game. So not really much more to add. They have to do a better job closing games. Of course, that has been the crux of Shanahan's coaching career, whether it involves either Super Bowl he was in as the offensive coordinator for the Falcons and as the head coach of the Niners. Not exactly good at maintaining leads, and that's not a good sign that it happened again. But luckily, the Niners responded and won the game. Now they have a winning record. So they should make the playoffs, but we'll see what happens moving forward. As for the actual Bengals, to go through it quickly, 7-6 and six as well, uh, currently on a pretty decent pace to make the playoffs. It's going to be tough, though. They are in third because the AFC North is a pretty tough division. Jackson avoided a serious injury, so Baltimore potentially has him this week. Uh, has him back this week, but they're 8-5. Still a relatively weak 8-5 team. I do think that they can be overtaken, and Cleveland has COVID issues. So Cincinnati's actually in a decent spot to jump uh, in the AFC North, but we'll see what happens in the upcoming weeks. But Joe Burrow was fantastic, 348 passing yards, two touchdowns. So the Niners did sack him five times, but did allow 348 passing yards. Not exactly ideal. Did do a good job, though, on the ground as they ended up limiting Joe Mixon to just 58 yards and 18 carries. So that's the takeaways for San Francisco. Now to switch gears and talk about the Falcons. They ended up winning as well last week on the road as they ended up beating the Carolina Panthers by the score of 29-21. to Now, did the Falcons look good in that game? Not really. But when you're facing off against Cam Newton, who shouldn't be in the league anymore, that's why you were able to win. So to go through the numbers here, Matt Ryan, 19 for 28, 190 passing yards, one touchdown, no picks. So he didn't really do anything. But when your best receiver on the roster is Russell Gage, you don't really have much of a choice. The ground game was okay. You ended up having Cordero Patterson, 58 yards and a touchdown, 3.6 yards per carry, but still had the nice touchdown. Uh, Mike Davis had 44 yards. As a team, they had 120 rushing yards and one touchdown, which is okay. As for the receiving core, Gage led the way with 64 yards. Pitts at 61 yards, and that was pretty much it. And the defense was the story of this game because they were able to force a couple of turnovers. They ended up forcing a one lost fumble. They also forced two interceptions, one of which was a very nice pick six against Cam Newton. So I do uh, acknowledge that the Falcons' defense looked sharp. But once again, Cam Newton can't exactly throw the ball at this stage in his career. And they were rotating between Cam Newton and P.J. Walker. Newton had a QBR of 28.3. Walker had a QBR of 10.4. So they were against basically minor league quarterbacks. That's really all you have to say. And the Falcons won the game. Now, defensively, uh, Newton did have some success on the ground. So the Falcons could do a little bit of a better job. But as a whole, holding a team to 91 rushing yards, 3.5 yards per carry, still solid. Two rushing touchdowns, not ideal. But the Falcons' defense did seem to put together a nice game plan, and they'll hope that that continues or carries over into Week 15. But the Falcons, 6-7, and seven, don't look now, still hanging around in the playoff picture, despite having a point differential of negative 108. That's right, they have the same record as the Saints. Saints are plus 19, and the 
Falcons are negative 108. So I guess in baseball terms, they're the Seattle Mariners of the season. I know they have a losing record, but still that run differential, point differential is pretty jarring and it's something you don't exactly expect to see. But the Falcons also did an okay job pressuring the quarterback, only sacked Newton once, but he was pressured throughout the entire game. And when it came to pressure to uh, protecting Matt Ryan, he was not sacked once. So good job by the offensive line there. But for the sake of this overall contest, the question is, both these teams, of course, competing for a wild card spot in the NFC. But I guess the question you have to ask is, Atlanta is 6-7, and seven, but how good is this team actually? Because I'm not impressed by them at all, and the rest of the division's pretty awful. So beating Carolina, I'm not going to pat them on the back too hard. But there's a reason why the Niners are favored by 9.5 in this game, and why people are expecting the Niners to just steamroll in this spot. It's because Atlanta's not very good, even though they are 6-7, and seven, and the 49ers might be a little bit overvalued in the markets because they are only 7-6. and six. But compared to the start, the team's been playing a lot better over the last month and change, and I do think that bodes well for their chances this season. Now, the total in this one is 45.5, and, and the question I guess you have to ask is, can Matt Ryan actually move the ball on this defense? And I'm not sure because I don't think Matt Ryan's very good anymore either because he's relatively old. Uh, truth is, if you had... Really just more, I think, media awareness about Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Just talking about, like, nationally speaking. I think people would realize that Matt Ryan's basically washed, and he's still just hanging around. 3,100 passing yards or so, that's which is okay. 17 touchdowns, 11 picks, QBR of 49.2. Sure, I mean, he's been okay, I guess. I mean, the QBR of 49.2 is 18th in the league. So he's a slightly below average quarterback or even just mediocre quarterback because I'm not really sure what the minimum games required is for the QBR uh, metric for ESPN. But either way, he's a mediocre best quarterback and I do think that'll be an interesting matchup with him and San Francisco's defense. But to go through the actual matchup in this one, do I really want to lay nine and a half with with San Francisco? It's a tough call because the Niners offensively have played better with Garoppolo the last couple of weeks. And at home, the Niners, of course, were winless at home for about the first month and change. Now they've looked better at home the last couple of outings. To go through the last two home games, they beat the Rams by 21, and they beat the Vikings by 8. And the Vikings are a team that's really a psycho team, but they blow a lot of games late in the fourth quarter. You can argue the Vikings are a lot better than the record indicates, and that that should be an impressive win by the Niners. But for this one... I'm actually going to take Atlanta, plus the points here. I just think 9.5 is too high. The Niners are a team I think that will win the game, but I have a really hard time expecting them to win by double digits when this team really just finds ways to play an incomplete game. The Niners, I just feel like, take their foot off the gas for various portions of the game, whether it's in the second quarter, third quarter, etc. And I do think Atlanta is going to find a way to hang around in this game because they've randomly been hanging around for the last couple of weeks. Beat Jacksonville, that doesn't really mean anything, but they still won the game. Played Tampa, lost by 13, but they did have a shot there to score a touchdown at the buzzer, which was dropped by Russell Gage. They almost covered against Tampa Bay, and they paid, and ended up beating Carolina. But the Niners have been a team that really hasn't done a great job of winning by margin, and I think the Niners will win this game somewhere around 7, but I think 9.5 is too high. I'll take the Falcons plus the points. And as for the actual total, I'm going to lean towards the under, mostly because I am skeptical 
of the quarterback play for both teams. Now, Garoppolo has been better. I will acknowledge that. Am I still sold on him as a quarterback in the NFL? Not really. And I do think that the Niners, assuming that the ground game with potentially, uh, you know, would potentially get back on track, we'll see. Uh, the Falcons aren't exactly a great rush defense. They give up 117-plus rushing yards per game. So I do think that they'll try to run the ball. They might have some success. They might try to eat up some clock. But I really question if the Falcons can keep up in a high-scoring affair. I don't think they can, but I do think they'll end up uh, milking some clock, making this a pretty low-scoring game, and trying to really limit Garoppolo in the passing game and trying to force San Francisco to go on very long drives instead of getting a bunch of quick-hitting touchdowns. So I think you'll see a lower-scoring game. I think it'll be close to the total. I think you'll see this game finish somewhere around, I would say, 24-17, to 17, if I had to predict the score. But as a whole, once again, I'm going with the Falcons plus the 9.5 and, and the under as my two picks for Week 15. So that's been this installment of the Betting Barrier Podcast here for Week 15 of the NFL season. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.